Peace, love, and blessings, beautiful spirits. Welcome back to the Spirits and Poetry Podcast. I am your host, Jorge Quintana, and today's episode is something a little different. I'm going completely on the other side of, instead of talking about the right-hand path, I'm going to be talking about the left-hand path. Today's episode is on embracing darkness. If you want to continue to support the growth of the podcast, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and also consider following the podcast on Instagram at The Spirits and Poetry. And also just a plug, because you can hear it in my voice, my voice is just tired. I've actually been rehearsing for a show I have uh, April 29th 9th to May 1st, so I talked about it in the last episode, but this is the Intercultural Reflections. It's a poetry and theater festival. It's April 29th to May 1st. If you're interested in tickets, uh, go to teatroespejo.com. I'll post the link in the description of this episode, but I've been going in on rehearsing. I have been getting so uncomfortable in rehearsal and it started making me think about you know obviously I need discipline I want discipline and I started thinking about what what I need to develop that what do I need what energies do I need to embrace in order to develop this discipline that I need to carry me forward to help to help me get to that next level and I also just want to acknowledge like uh, I'm feeling a little under the weather my voice is a bit strained so in, in case you hear that difference in my voice that's why and also it's raining right now in this moment and I, I thought it'd be a great time to record an episode but in case you hear some background noise just know it's the rain and cars passing by so I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, I need to, I need discipline. I need to, you know, really buckle down. I'm making it as being an artist. So what energies do I need to embrace? And obviously people will say, believe in yourself. Right? I've talked about this. You got to believe in yourself. You got to love what you're doing. You got to really believe that what you're doing is what you're meant to do. You gotta, it has to resonate with your body. I mean, every time you get up there with whatever your purpose is, when you're grinding or whatever, you got to feel those goosebumps. You got to feel those nerves. But as I was thinking about discipline, I recognized that sometimes discipline can feel very heavy. And that's when I started thinking about the difference between darkness, light. You know, we talked about, uh, you know, lightness, vibrating high versus vibrating low. So there's two things I want to frame this episode around. The first one is, and this is what I'm about to get into, is the disregarding of your morals, the living outside of societal rules. And the second one is talking about the, the difference in between the weight of emotions when we talk about heavy versus light, dark versus light. So just kind of framing it around that. And so the first thing we're going to get into is on the role that morals play in our lives. And actually, I'm going to be tapping into Olmec, Mayan, and Aztec mythology to talk about the were-jaguar, the half-human, half-jaguar entity. And so in these cultures, the, the shaman, the shaman kings, the healers were actually equated with jaguars. The jaguar, he who kills with one blow, also seen as a supernatural entity, oftentimes being considered one of the main gods. And there is a strong emphasis, especially in all my cultures, when they talk about the were-jaguar, they have statues. It's basically the face of a man with the snout and the, the jaws of a jaguar. And there's a strong emphasis on the fusion between jaguar energy and human energy. Likewise, in Greek mythology, Dionysus, the god of wine and mirth, is the god also associated with unleashing the desires, but he was nursed by panthers. 
and in Aztec and Mayan cultures, there's a lot of talk about becoming half jaguar, half human. This is actually from the Yucatan Times, if you want to look up this article. But they were talking about that a person that is able to achieve this state of half jaguar, half human is a person that can get rid of all cultural restrictions and inhibitions. In other words, being able to act upon their most hidden desires. And the reason the jaguar is associated with this dark desire is, well, in Mayan culture, the jaguar was seen as the ruler of Chibalba, the underworld. So it becomes the symbol of the night, sun, and darkness. And if you know about jaguars, they're, they're powerful, they're ferocious, they're, they're aggressive. He who kills with one blow. But they're also associated with vision. Vision because they can see into the night and it's about looking into the dark parts of human nature. Fun fact, jaguars are considered the, the big cats with the strongest bite. And they're also one of the few that enjoy water. So in many ways, the jaguar is seen as, as he who walks in between worlds, right? Being different from others. But uh, I want to focus on as ruler of the underworld and being able to see into the dark, mainly into the dark parts of the human heart. So as I was researching before this episode on why the jaguar symbolizes unleashing desires, I couldn't quite find a source that put everything together. But as I was reading, basically my own interpretation is when we talk about jaguar, we're talking about the carnivores, right? Carnivore, carne, meat, this energy of of feeding when you are hungry, of, of going out and taking what you want. I mean, that is why jaguars, like other big cats, they hunt. And if you ever see a big cat hunt, it starts with the the prowling, the stalking, and you see how quiet, how patient they are. And you see this animal go from, you know, if you look at a jaguar playing in water, they seem so innocent. But as soon as they hunt, it's like a switch is flipped. And those of you that have cats might actually see this behavior in your own cat, the way they play with toys, but then see the way they hunt when they go after rats, after mice, the way they transform. And so you see this duality. That's what it's going to come down to, the duality. So on the one hand, this is an entity that that plays, that swims in the water, right? That, that, that enjoys the life they live. On the other hand, they are a dangerous carnivore that is willing to kill to feed their hunger. And so especially when we talk about the entity of the were jaguar in Olmec culture is, is you see the way that human energy, jaguar energy can actually be very similar in the way we both exhibit these qualities of duality. A person can be kind, can be generous, can be gentle, and on the other hand can also be very brutal, very mean, very aggressive and violent. And in the past few episodes, I, I've mentioned this concept of accepting yourself. Right? You got to accept yourself. There's going to be good parts of you. There's going to be bad parts of you. But you got to accept that they are part of you as a person. But oftentimes, what do we do? We try to get rid of our negative qualities, transform them and or, you know, completely eliminate them. And at the same time, try to shape, try to focus, try to develop the light qualities. So now we're going to get into this concept of light and lightness in terms of weight and then heaviness. Because there are some emotions that we feel, right? When we laugh, when we're happy, overjoyed, that you feel very light. You feel drunk on life. It feels good to laugh. But fear, anger, oh, that is a heavy emotion to carry in your stomach. You ever feel anxious and and, and and your body just feels like it's going numb and your stomach just feels like there's a hole in it? What about when you're angry and you just feel that that fire in your chest, this this feeling that just does not let you relax and you cannot calm down until the person that has wronged you or whatever has gone wrong is fixed. And especially in, in, in religions, I'm, I'm mainly thinking of Christianity with the Jesus figure, with Prophet Jeshua, this concept of love, right, of forgiveness, of transmuting those negative energies, those heavy energies into a light energy. 
And I've often talked about this alchemy, this transmutation myself. And, and this is something that I, I do practice. And ultimately what this gets us is it gets us into the mindset that anytime we feel anything heavy, any envy, jealousy, any rage, we have to transform it. We have to get rid of it. We cannot hold on to it. And I myself have been having guilty of this mindset, this idea of I want all my motivation to be love. I want what feels me to be this lightness, this generosity, this grace, this empathy that moves me. I don't want my rage. I don't want my envy. I don't want these heavy emotions to be my motivation for life. But when I think about discipline, I often think about how, like, for example, let's say I want to give up popcorn because I'm a big popcorn fanatic. I love eating popcorn every day after my meals, but I also recognize all that butter is unhealthy for my body. So when it comes time for me to discipline myself and say, oh, I need to cut popcorn and and let's say today, today I'm not eating any popcorn. And I know that after I eat, I'm going to want to eat my motherfucking popcorn. And so in times like that, when I need discipline, it's not going to feel good. I'm going to resent myself. I'm going to be angry. Why can't I just have my freaking popcorn? Why can't I eat? Why can't I satisfy my desire? Why can't I give in to what I want? When my discipline comes from a place of love, I fail. I fail because ultimately I'll get to this point where I say, well, I love myself and I want myself to feel good. And if I want popcorn and if that is going to be what what helps me feel good in this moment, then I deserve to have it because I deserve to feel good. If I approach my discipline from a place of love, I will always fail because I love myself too much to, to, to keep things from me. But if I approach my discipline from a place of, well, why did I decide to give up this popcorn? Because it's bad for my body. I can feel the way it weighs down my stomach. And I've granted, I have gained weight since, since college and, you know, the past few years. And it's something that I don't like. So I'm like, okay, if I want to change it, then I need to use my, my resentment of body as fuel. I need to use these energies. So when I go, okay, I, I'm not going to eat popcorn, but I want it. I say, well, that's too damn fucking bad because I made a decision and my word is more important than anything else. I can have popcorn any other time, but not today because I need to show myself. I need to prove myself. I need to prove to myself that when I say something is law, that's exactly how it goes. So when you, when you set your goals and it, it's beautiful to approach it from a place of love, right? If you say, okay, this is what I want to achieve in my life. This is what I want to achieve this week or just today. Oftentimes you're setting those goals because it's going to help you reach some form of satisfaction, right? So why have you been failing? Is it because you've been leaning too much on, on oh, well, I love myself. Oh, well, I, I deserve this. Oh, and you're compromising out of love to yourself. That's times you need to use your envy, your anger, your wrath as fuel to stick with it no matter what. If you say you're going to do something, if you say you're going to change something, you're going to find that you're going to have to hold yourself accountable. And sometimes love is not enough. And that's a fact. So when I talk about embracing darkness, when I talk about embracing your, your hidden desires, what Freud called the id, there's a big difference between embracing your desires and then allowing your desires to control you. Okay, I think that's a big difference that needs it needs to be made. And I actually learned this from a left-hand pather. He's not a Satanist, but uh, he he's around that field. And he talked about that. It's like, look, you have the right to feel good, right? One fundamental principle of Satanism is that you have the right to feel good. You have the free will to do whatever you want. And you have that right, that power to do whatever it is that makes you feel good. However, you don't have the right to infringe on other people's free will to do the same. And at the same time, you have to acknowledge that if you are ruled by your desires, that is a weakness. Now, I I can't talk too much about Satanism because I'm not a practitioner and I'm not very knowledgeable. So I'm not here to say, oh, this is what Satanism is or is not. If you're interested in that, like always, I recommend you looking it up. If you are ruled by your desires, that is a weakness because ultimately there's always going to be your free will is always going to be shaped, determined, influenced by something beyond your immediate control. 
And the way I know this is true is if you ever look at the way people treat addicts or people who treat uh, those that are stuck in like abusive relationships, you can be addicted to a drug or you can be addicted to a person. But either way, people often lack empathy in this in these situations because they see you as weak for losing your self-control, for losing your power of free will and giving that power to another entity. And I think drugs are a great metaphor for this because if you're familiar with heroin, if you're familiar with crack cocaine, you one of the things people say is how good it feels. How good it feels. Heroin feels just like heaven. You will never feel a love at the level of these drugs. All your worries go away. All you feel is love around you. Everything is peaceful in that moment. That's why people get hooked out of love. And I'm not going to sit here and say that love is a weakness, but love can be a weakness that that's exploited in you. If your life is about chasing pleasure, you will always lose yourself. And before you say, Jorge, this sounds like a paradox. On the other hand, you're telling me, on one hand, you're telling me to embrace darkness, to embrace my desires. On the other hand, you're saying if I'm ruled by him, it's a weakness. So, so what's in between? This is where we get into bringing it all together. Embracing your darkness does not mean letting it control you. Because what happens is when you embrace your vices, when you embrace your thoughts, when you can say, hey, this is what I am guess what? You're no longer repressing it. When you repress something, that's when it has control over you. When you say, oh man, I need to, I need to stop drinking alcohol. But then what you do is you try to go, you know, cold turkey clean during the week only for you to binge drink on the weekends. Your weakness is repressing your hidden desires. Your weakness is repressing your darkness. It gets me into uh, my friend Kellen and I, we talk about uh, why the Jedi fell. And, and oftentimes he says that the reason the Jedi lost to the Sith is because in their in their hubris, right? They, they were only about the light side of the force. They only taught people about the light side and they said the dark side is bad. Never go down it. So the Sith were able to use that to manipulate the Jedi because the Jedi had no knowledge of the dark side of the force. So how are you able to combat it? Likewise, whatever addictions, whatever dependencies, whatever darkness you are battling with, which absolutely you are, we are all doing it. Just know that everyone has some kind of darkness in them. The more you try to repress it, ignore it, say, oh, it's just going to go away. I can't do this. I'm a bad person if I do this. I'm, you know, this makes me a shitty person. The more you repress, the more this darkness is going to hold on you. Because guess what? When you bury things from your conscious mind, they don't disappear. They go into your subconscious mind. And then guess what? You find yourself doing things without thinking about it. And that is where it's most dangerous. When I say embrace your darkness, I mean hold accountability to it. Say, I'm, I'm consciously doing this so that when you're consciously engaging in whatever acts you consider your vices, you at least have control of the fact that you're doing it. You can admit to yourself, hey, this is what I'm doing. If any of you have had any drug addicts or alcoholics in your family, you know that one of the main things that, that people who are addicted to people who are alcoholics do is they deny, deny, deny that they have a problem. That's why we have that old cliche saying, right? The first step to dealing with a problem is admitting you have it. And I'm not a therapist, so I can't tell you what the right thing for you to do is. But I can say that in my heart, what resonates with me is that just because you acknowledge you have a problem doesn't mean now you have to work on getting rid of it. Like, like this uh, Jedi game says, uh, if it's in the way, it is the way. So what happens when you embrace your darkness? What happens when you embrace your jealousy? What happens when you embrace your envy, your wrath, right? W what do you become? And, and I think this is where the were jaguar, the half human, half jaguar figure, this, this hybrid, because a hybrid is taking two things that already exist, bringing them together, but you're not just bringing them together in a 50-50 existence. No, you're creating something new the mother and the father come together and their seed the egg produces a new life form 
I've often talked about this is the path that I'm on, bringing the light and the dark together, fusing the devil and the angel. What happens? And so I think I think more than anything, what happens is accountability. You're able to be responsible for your decisions because you're conscious of what you're doing. Like for me, I spent years just, just smoking weed, being very dependent on weed as a drug. And I would smoke every day, all day, every day. It got to the point where I was just high every single day. And I never thought I had a problem. I thought, oh, well, this is just how I get by. I was a very functional pothead. And I knew I was fucking up my lungs. I knew that, you know, being high all the time isn't necessarily good, but I never acknowledged it as a problem. I just said, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And there was times I tried to quit. I took tolerance breaks and I always found myself breaking them because I needed it. I needed a smoke. And quitting smoking was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. I went through like a year, two years where I was just trying to quit and I could not. But I ended up getting to a point where I, I was at peace with it. And even now, I mean, I, I don't smoke weed. I smoke I smoke herbal cigarettes, but I'm at peace with my smoking habit. I acknowledge that, hey, there are times I need it because I'm stressed. But I, I tell myself I'm going to smoke because I want to relax and I'm accountable to myself. I say, OK, I'm smoking now. You know, and I have this performance coming up in a few weeks, so I need my voice in tip-top shape. And so the smoking starts messing up my throat, starts messing up my, my ability to breathe, and suddenly I'm, I recognize this can affect other parts of my life, so I need to be responsible. Embracing your darkness means accountability and responsibility, and I'm not saying that there are rules for this. I'm not saying you need to follow, you know, rule A, B, and C. I'm not going to give you no Ten Commandments, but... You have the right to give in to your desires. You have the right to do what you please. However, I think the main things, and this is what we're saying is really, really opened my eyes, is you have the right to feel good, but you don't have a right to hurt other people in the process of doing so. So whatever it is you're struggling with, can you find a way to make yourself feel good, to chase your pleasure while at the same time building yourself up, following your passions without hurting other people, just focusing on you? And, and for some of you, for some of us, myself included, right, is embracing our darkness often me often means that we have to quit something. We have to banish it. And that's actually part of black magic, banishing, taking an entity, an energy, a habit out of your life. When you can face yourself as you are, when you don't feel afraid of what you've become, when you can say, this is who I am for all your, you know, your virtues and your vices, and you can be responsible to yourself for what's helping you and what's hurting you. That's it. You're present in your life. You're accountable. You are a present and, and you know, active participant in your life. And that is the goal. Like I said in the last episode and episode, you know, before that, it's not about being perfect. It's just about being here and being present. Every action has its equal opposite reaction. And it's this is your time. This is your message. This is me challenging you. Take accountability for your life. Take responsibility for your life. Will Smith said this thing that that fault and responsibility are two different things. Just because someone is at fault for something they did in your life doesn't mean they have to take responsibility. It's your heart. It's your, you know, it's your feelings. You have to take accountability to that. So if you find that, you know, this is the time where someone wronged you, someone broke your heart, you're hurting because of the actions of another, of another person. It's easy to get stuck in victim mode. Oh, but it's their fault. They have to write this. Oh, they wronged me. They have to do something about it. There are a lot of people stuck in victim mode with everything that this country does, the police brutality, you know, the way that this country locks people up, the, you know, school to prison pipeline, the military industrial complex. There are so many people stuck in victim mode over this idea 
that because this country has wronged them and wronged people like them, that this country has to fix it. And that's not the way things go. Fault and responsibility are two different things. It's your heart. You're accountable to it. No one else is going to fix your problem for you. No one else is going to say, hey, I'll take responsibility for everything that you feel and do the work so that we can continue to go forward. Because that's the goal, to move forward. To say, well, this happened to me, I accept it, and I'm going to do the work to make sure that I find the healing to be able to go on with my life, to continue to pursue my happiness, my love, my passions. And sometimes to get to that point, you got to embrace love, all accepting love. And sometimes you got to use your anger as fuel. Ultimately, there's no right or wrong way to heal. There's no right or wrong way to heal. There's no right or wrong way to deal with something. All there is for you is opportunities to do the work and find peace. This is a time to do the work. This is the time to grind because you're worth it. Your peace of mind is worth it. Your heart is worth it. And on the other hand, when I talk about embracing darkness, I'm also talking about the fact that there's no such thing as as right or wrong. You know, we all got, you know, kinks. We all got trauma. We all got shit that we hoard up inside. The difference between me and you is that we hide it differently. And that's, that's, that's a fact. And when we can see that, listen, we are all hurt in some way. We are all, you know, beautiful and lovely in some way. We all have some trauma in some way and it manifests differently. But we all have this darkness within us that we are terrified to embrace. And, and if you wonder, you know, what, what you're terrified of, I, I love this I, um, exercise of just shower in the dark. Shower in, in, you know, pitch darkness, as dark as you can get your bathroom. Just shower in there and just see what you feel. If you feel like, like someone or something is looking at you, all that you're feeling is is something bothering you that you're not, you know, acknowledging. If you're worried about an entity, a spirit, a ghost creeping up, maybe like I, I sometimes this crosses my mind. I'll be showering and then I think that I'll look out, you know, because uh, my shower has like glass that I'll look out and I'll see another face looking at me and it'll be an ugly, scary face. I remind myself that all I will be looking at is how I am seeing myself there in that moment. We often will turn ourselves into ghosts. We will turn ourselves into skeletons because we don't know how else to deal with ourselves. I had a friend once who told me that she felt so uncomfortable being in a room by herself that she was like, yo, it's like, you know, I'm fine in the day, but then at night I just feel like there's a presence, like there's someone else with me. And I said, hey, you know, like there is a presence. There is a presence with you. And she started getting scared and I was like, look, but you gotta understand this. If you feel like there's a presence with you, that means that there is. But who's in that room? And she said, "Uh, it's just me. So you're the only person in that room, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, then whose presence is it? And it took her a while, but then she realized it's mine. It's hers. The only thing you're afraid of is yourself. And then that's why, again, we're, we're getting back to the same thing. But when you can embrace your fear of yourself and you can say, ah, I see why I'm afraid of myself. What you're afraid of is your potential, your capacity to either do beautiful things or really fucked up things. And you're not alone in that. We all feel that. I remember when I was young, I had a priest tell me that I was either going to do something amazing in this world or something completely horrible. And not that I was some kind of chosen one, right? Like I was special, but it's that's that's the truth for all of us. In our lives, we all have the potential to do something amazing that can change the world or something brutal that will just scar it. But if I'm being honest with you, they're both the same thing, aren't they? Same, you know, like what we talk about, it's, it's, it's a different, different, uh, what is it, uh, different vibration, but it's on the same spectrum. So, you know, I challenge you, embrace your darkness, hold yourself accountable for all parts of yourself, stop repressing and just start accepting. Resist not, fear not, judge not, because all you are is love. 
all you are is love even those dark emotions that's just you know different seeds different branches of of one root emotion and everything comes back to love so thank you beautiful people for listening to this talk i I hope i was able to share something with you that you know resonates that reminds you of your truth thank you for tuning in new episodes will continue to drop every other sunday um if you're interested in tickets for that performance go to teatroespejo.com check the description below Rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow on Instagram at The Spirits and Poetry. Much love to you all. Take care.